Well, hey, Lakeview family and friends, it is so good to be connected and strange that we're only connected electronically. You know how much I love that. Uh, kind of reminds me back in the Katrina days when our family was scattered all over the country. We were trying to connect and figure out how to check on everybody. Uh, a little different here, uh, but we still have a hard time connecting, but it's just good to, to be with you. I know life has been upside down for us this week, and so a lot of things have changed. So this morning, what we wanted to do is just give you a little bit of information, but more importantly, just to connect with you like it's a Sunday morning, and and we're together, and we're worshiping God together. We're hearing from God's Word. Uh, These are moments when we just need some type of fellowship and some time of time together in the presence of God. So welcome to the first ever online Lakeview Christian Center service only. Uh, You can't be with us today. You can only do this online. Um, So I mean, I'm going to go through some announcements in just a second, but I know you guys have heard a lot this week and uh, it feels a lot of different ways to us as we're interacting with one another. I came across an interesting quote uh, because I'm going to try and stay in the preacher lane this morning and not venture into the lane of pathologist or epidemiologist or anything else. So we're, we're not here to tell you how to wash your hands and uh, what are the the safety measures you should be taking, but we do want you to take those measures and to pay attention to the leadership that's being given to us by the government, right? God has given government authorities for the purpose of a common grace for each of us to benefit from. So we do encourage you, go to cdc.gov if you want to find out official information from the government, everything about how to be safe, how to wash hands, how to make sure that you're putting yourself in the best environments, especially if you're an elderly person or a person who's got an existing health condition, there's some helpful information available to you there. Please do that. And, and by the way, um, just, you know, there's, there's a lot of different attitudes that are floating around out there. Uh, as God's people, I think we want to be in a posture to be grateful for people who are trying to serve us right now. They're, they're not serving us perfectly. The government's not capable of doing perfect things. But there's a lot of folks right now who are sacrificing their time and their efforts to serve us in this hour of, of unusual need. We want to be grateful for them. We want to be praying for them, uh, whether they're getting it right or they're swinging and missing. Uh, we are grateful for folks who are serving us. Uh, that way. Um, One thing I heard this week, and this will help you just to relate within your own families, maybe within our church. uh, I heard a guy say that it's helpful for us to recognize our own personal bias. He basically said this, you have a natural bias either to overreaction or to underreaction. He said it's helpful if you will know your own bias, right? So each of us are staring into this event, and and I'm typically an underreactor. So I, I, I tend to kind of look at moments and say, "Ah, oh, this is going to work out. Uh, it, it'll be fine." Uh, but then there's other folks that that the response is not to underreact; it's to overreact, and maybe it's very concerning. And, and you are tuning into news that that's kind of fanning that into a flame. Listen, wherever you are on the spectrum of underreacting or overreacting, we're we're all in this walking through some strange times. Nobody's got all the absolute answers. We don't know whether to underreact or whether to overreact at this point. Uh, But but we're in fellowship with one another. We're just going to love each other, walk together, look to God, believe God for some incredible things during this unusual season. That is the one thing we can all do, no matter what reaction is supposedly the right reaction. So let me just give you some Lakeview news and things that are coming up for us. Uh, As you, you probably have heard through the news, on Friday we got news that the government has banned 
gatherings of over 250 people. So obviously that kind of turned us upside down and being able to do something uh, today for a service. And so instead of us gathering together, we're just going to do something online today. Uh, But we do plan to meet this week. The elders and staff will meet this week to kind of reinvent our structure and reinvent our meetings and think through ways that we can best create fellowship opportunities and discipleship settings that are going to be less than 250 people. So we'll get back with you this week with some updated news on that. Probably next weekend we'll be looking at a different schedule as well as some live streaming. Recognize that some folks are going to feel like it's just not a good idea to be in public settings at this point. That's completely understandable. Uh, So we're going to invent live streaming. We've not done that before, but that'll be in place we believe, uh, by next weekend. So if you can't join us, then you'll be able to join us online again next week during the same time slot. Um, some things that are changing immediately. We, I think we had scheduled today to have a family picnic that was going to be in the park, and our, our kids and children's ministry and families were going to be doing that. That's canceled. We're not going to be doing that today. Uh, however, Tuesday night, Alpha is still on, so we're continuing with our plans for Alpha at 6.30 p.m. on Tuesday night for all who are comfortable being here. Uh, we'll send out some instructions beforehand, obviously, uh, care and hygiene and and in healthy folks, if you're uh, facing any type of illness uh, in the next 48 hours, the last 48 hours. And obviously we don't want folks gathering if that's what's been going on with you in that point. But we'll send out some instructions on that um, probably tomorrow uh, to let you know what our gatherings will be like. But we are planning to do that. We anticipate that meeting will be under 250. So that'll be a fine meeting for us to have. And any other schedule changes that we'll be making in the coming week, we're going to get that out to you by social media and by our email, by our, our app. Uh, we'll be letting you know about other settings like small groups and, and seniors meetings and bops and anything else that's happening in the coming weeks. We'll keep you up to date on that. Well, here's what we're doing this morning. Uh, just a moment. Eric's going to join us and he's going to lead us into a setting with some other folks to lead us into the presence of God through worship. Now, this is going to be really different, right? Because it's not going to be hundreds of us gathered together in an auditorium, lifting our voices to God, celebrating God together. Just all that that means to us on a regular basis to do that. You're right now uh, sitting in your pajamas, maybe. you choking down a piece of toast, having a bagel, eating some eggs, uh, sipping coffee, sitting around the coffee table. Uh, and you're going to join in a worship setting. Maybe, maybe you're by yourself. Maybe you're with a friend or two. Maybe you're with your family. So it's definitely a different setting. But what a great opportunity for us to export our worship environment into another setting, in, into your kitchen, uh, into your living room, into the bedroom where you're just kind of sitting and doing some things casually today. So You know, what's most important, we need a setting like what song and worship creates for us. And I hope that's more than Sunday morning. But we need that place where meditation takes place in our hearts and and we ponder the presence of God and we interact with God in that moment. So Eric's going to lead us into that. We wanted that to be a part of our experience this morning. And then when he's done, uh, I'm going to follow up that time with a message that I feel like the Lord's given me to share with the church pertaining to this coronavirus chapter that we're walking through together. Uh, a couple of you guys have asked about how do we go about giving if we're, we're not able to be at the building and gathered together. Um, well, I'm not the greatest electronic guy to ask that question, but, but you can go through our app. 
You can go to our website. There's places that you can give electronically. You can go through your bank and you can do a, a bill pay uh, to Lakeview Christian Center through your bank. Or you can just put something in the mail if, if the Lord's leading you to give your tithes and offerings while we're not be able to be together. But again, we're hoping next week that we will be gathered uh, if you want to be a part of that then. But, but let's go before the Lord in prayer. So wherever you are, if you just... Put your heart before God and and let's just welcome God's presence and go before him together. Uh, Lord, thank you for the ability for us to be together even though we're not together. Uh, Lord, you have given us access to one another. More importantly, God, you've given us access to your throne of grace. Uh, Lord, you said that was a place that we were to come to find mercy and grace to help in our time of need. Well, Lord, we're all acknowledging this is a time of need. This is an unusual time of need. And, Lord, that need extends for many of us personally as adjustments and schedules and routines and plans and businesses have been disrupted in this past week. Lord, it extends into the community that we're a part of. It extends into government needs that are all around us. Uh, Father, we come to your throne because we have access through your Son to make great requests. So, Lord, as we're together this morning, uh, Lord, would you meet the needs that are coming to us, coming to our family, coming to our church, coming to our community? Would you pour out your spirit? And would you accomplish things that go abundantly beyond all that we could ask or even imagine? Lord, would you give grace in places where it's needed? Would you give wisdom in places where it's needed? God, would you give miraculous healing in places where it's needed? God, would you give peace to hearts that are struggling? God, would you disturb all those who have a false peace in this moment? Lord, ultimately, you are our source of peace. And we want to learn to come to you. And so, Father, we are together asking and seeking and knocking uh, that you would reveal yourself in this unique hour in a way that perhaps folks have overlooked you in the past, but right now, they would meet you and they would encounter you and you would draw near to us. God, this we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, good morning, Lakeview family. We're here gathered together to worship God, so let's turn our attention to Him and sing His praise. In the name of the Father, in the name of the Father. In the name of the Son, in the name of the Spirit, Lord, we come, we're gathered together to lift up your name, to call on our Savior, to fall on your grace. Hear the joyful sound of our offering as your saints bow down, as your people sing. We will rise with you, lifted on your wings, and the world will see that our God saves, our God saves, there is hope in your name, in the name of the Father. In the name of the Son, in the name of the Spirit, Lord, we come, we're gathered together, lift up your name, to call on our Savior, to fall on your grace, hear the joyful sound 
sitting on a sofa, Lord, maybe alone this morning, we're looking at our, our phones as we're hearing uh, hearing this, these songs being sung, hear, we're going to hear your word preached in a few minutes, uh, Lord, but what is not different about this moment, though many things are different about what we normally do together on Sundays, but what is not different is that you are still on your throne, you are still the God who saves, there is still hope in your name. Lord, and so as we sing this morning, Lord, we want to turn our attention to this God, to you, O oh God, the God who saves us, the God who offers salvation. There's no one like you, Lord. There's no one like you, God. So receive our worship, or receive our attention. Lord, pour your spirit out among us all over this city. Lord, let us experience your nearness, even though we may not be near to one another like we usually are. Lord, let your spirit be here, communicating your your strength and your immovability. Lord, receive our worship, we pray. The grace of God has reached for me and pulled me from the raging sea and I am safe on the solid ground, the Lord is my salvation. I will not fear. 
I will not fear when darkness falls. His strength will help me scale these walls. I'll see the dawn of the rising sun. The Lord is my salvation. Who is like?
final day And when I reach my final day He will not leave me in the grave No, He won't come for us But I will rise He will call me home The Lord is my salvation Yeah. 
stands faithful to the end. All may fade away, but He will remain steadfast. to experts and returning to websites, returning to media outlets. Lord, help us to turn our eyes first and foremost to you, my Lord, to the promises that you've given to us, to the sure, eternal security that you've promised to us, Lord, that we'll be with you one day. Lord, turn our eyes to you. Lord, receive our praise as worship and as faith in you, God. We trust you in the days to come. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen.
All right, well, guys, if you will get your Bibles out, uh, I want to share a word with us this morning. And, you know, the good thing about this arrangement is if you forgot your Bible at home, right now you just press the pause button, you get up and you run to the nightstand or you go over to your coffee table or on that bookshelf or wherever it is, you go get your Bible. So, so go ahead and do that. We'll, we'll, we'll wait. No, just kidding. We're not going to wait. Uh, open up in your Bible to John chapter 14 titled the message this morning, Troubled Times Need a Place, a Peace, and a Person. And so we're going to interact with with Jesus during a time that was a troubled time uh, for him as well as for his disciples. And this takes place in John chapter 14. Let's begin reading in verse 1. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. And you know the way to where I'm going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you're going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you know him and have seen him. Now, fast forward down to verse 25 in that same chapter. A little bit later on, he says, These things I have spoken to you while I'm still with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give it to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Right? I, love, I love this verse invading a moment of trouble. Right, And those of us who lived in New Orleans for any time, we remember Katrina coming on the scene. And, and, and it was massively disrupting. And it raised all kinds of questions about the future of our homes, the future of our businesses. Would we be able to stay in New Orleans? Would we have to relocate? It, it, was, it was the most disorienting time that I could ever remember living through. Uh, but, but this is similar, but yet on a bigger scale. Right? This wasn't just New Orleans and, and the Gulf Coast region. This is global. Right? This is disturbing on a global scale. So listen to what's happened this week. Right? Uh, we've been introduced to the word pandemic. Right? Some of us heard that word, but we've never really used it much before. We've seen the worst stock market decline, perhaps in some of our lifetime. Uh, store shelves are empty. Uh, toilet paper. Whoever thought toilet paper would be so hard to find? Uh, schools are closed down. Public gatherings have been banned in America. I, now, I, I don't know. I, I was thinking we had an elders meeting this week, and, and we were exchanging some thoughts as we thought about this. I don't know if I can ever remember the banning of public gatherings in the history of our country. I'm sure maybe it's happened, but not in my lifetime it hasn't happened. These are disturbing things. And, and the news feed just keeps bringing one new thing after another. The news changes daily. So tomorrow we're going to hear something else and we're going to have to adjust it. Uh, I think this time qualifies for 
troubling times. And, and that's the setting that we find this passage in. You know, when you look in John chapter 14, you're, you're zooming down into a setting of scripture that happens on the last night that Jesus was with his disciples. So that begins in John chapter 13. It's going to go on for the next few chapters. Uh, Jesus introduces this hour in John chapter 12, where he says this of himself. He says, now is my soul troubled. And what shall I say, Father, save me from this hour, right? He had come to this hour that was going to be a troubling hour. And even Jesus somehow managed to look into that moment and see trouble. Well, if you're gathered with Jesus on this evening, he's had a meal together with his disciples and he's begun to teach them some things that are timely and critical. And it's troubling. It's a time that's going to be troubling for them. Their, their life is about to unravel, right? In just a few hours, the disciples are literally going to be running for their lives. Uh, they will watch the full force of a political system settle in on Jesus and on them and the court systems and everything is going to go into motion. The threats, the oppression, the Roman Empire is going to get involved along with the corrupt Sanhedrin. Roman Empire will, will be showing up on the scene to finally do away with this Jesus and his little band of followers. So, so in just a matter of hours, their time with Jesus in these last few years is going to come to a crashing halt. And Jesus is speaking to them right on the edge of that. And he's going to say to them, listen, let not your hearts be troubled. But, but I love where he goes with this because he doesn't just say, hey, don't, don't do that. He's going to actually install three things, bring an awareness. He, when, when you see trouble, he wants you to see these three things. And that's what's in this passage here. He's going to describe a place. He's going to describe a peace. And he's going to describe a person. So, so when you and I encounter trouble, uh, something of this needs to come to bear on our own lives, right? So let me, let me just walk through each of those things with us this morning. He's going to describe a place. Trouble needs to be informed about a particular place, right? This verse begins, let not your hearts be troubled. And then within arm's reach, it says this, in my father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you, right? First thing Jesus wants to talk about in your trouble is, hey, hey, do you aware there's a place, there's a special place, and I'm going to prepare it. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself that where I am, you may be also. And you know, the way to where I'm going, right? In Jesus' economy, and this is so vitally important for us, there's a here and there's a there in Jesus' way of looking at our lives, right? There, there's, a, there's a right here, there's stuff going on right here, right now, and, and, and we're in tune with that, right? That's loud right now. But the full story of our life, and you and I have to live every day with the full story in view. The full story of our life is that there's a right here, and the coronavirus is the major headline right now. But there's a there as well. And, and that's the most important thing about my life is the there. Because this is momentary. This is temporary. This body that I live in that's vulnerable to the coronavirus, this is a right here, right now setting that's going to give way to there, to the place that Jesus said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And I'm going to come again and I'm going to take you to that place. So... The Bible speaks about this place, this right here, 
as though it, it's a foreign place. We're not at home here. Jesus went to go prepare the place that's going to be home for us, but we're not at home right now. This is a foreign place, and the Bible says that. But then the coronavirus comes along and says something more about this place. It says, this is not a safe place either. Right? This, this week, this past week has not featured safety for us, has it? Now, throughout this week, two words have come to mind for me that I've interacted with in my own heart and just even had some meditation on, on some of them. I, I may preach on the other word next week. Uh, the word disruption has come. Our world has been disrupted. Our routines have been disrupted. Life just doesn't feel like it did a week ago or a month ago. Uh, but beyond disruption, uh, the other word that's come is Vulnerability. Life feels more vulnerable. Right? Just, it doesn't feel as safe as it did. Right? Track with me here. The idea that a misbehaving microbe could leap inside of a human being in a meat market in a town in China that most of us had never even heard of just a few months ago. It could travel throughout the world in an unstoppable way. It could take human life. It could arrest human society. It could show up in my neighborhood, right? This thing's in my neighborhood. They've got cases in the place where I live, right? This is the stuff of science fiction, isn't it? But it could be worse. I don't know if you've thought about this. I mean, it could be worse. And and maybe there'll be another virus in the future that could be worse than this one, right? The mortality rate on this one, not everybody's going to get this virus. And, and for, they say, 80% of those who do, uh, it, it might not even be noticeable. And it may be like a mild flu. Uh, 13% of those who get it are going to end up needing care and perhaps being hospitalized. Uh, the death rate looks like it's somewhere between 2 and 4% at this point of those who do get this virus. So that gets our attention and that's significant. But, but what if this virus was traveling around the world and the mortality rate was 20%? What if a lot more people got this kind of virus than even will get the coronavirus? What if that is in the world that we live in, right? That's, that's vulnerability, right? At that point, this world doesn't feel safe to us anymore. And, and it doesn't feel as safe as it once did, right? So that's disturbing because safety is a massively important thing for us. Being unsafe is troubling for us. We live a quest to, to make sure we feel safe when we do life, right? That's the one thing we're all after is safety. And it shows up in a few categories, right? We're massively interested in safety and our health, right? We, we, we want to be healthy people. We want to do what's going to make us healthy. We want to avoid things that are going to be a problem. I'm pretty sure you're paying attention to your health this past week, like never before. Like, you know, when you have coughed, when you thought, uh, am I, am I okay? Do I feel all right? Do I? Do I feel a little different? A little runny nose, is, is that okay? Your child coughs, do you stare over at your child trying to figure out, could this be the beginning of something? Right? We're paying attention to ourselves in a way because this doesn't make us feel safe in the health department. Right? I, I remember until I was about 45 years old, I, I lived a massively safe, healthy life. I mean, just 
I was the kind of kid who got perfect attendance because I never got to stay home because I was never sick. Just went to school. Everything worked out great. And then I hit like 45 years old. And all of a sudden, my body started to fall apart. I got diagnosed with melanoma at 45. And then by the time I was 46, I'd blown my knee out, had to have knee surgery. And, and ever since then, I just there's creaks and groans and pains and, and little things that pop up. And later in life... That feels a little unsafe, right? You're wondering, what is, what is that feeling that I'm having? Why am I experiencing that? Could that be the return of, of cancer? Is it, what is it? And so health gets our attention and it makes us feel unsafe. But, but other things flirt with our safety factor as well, right? There, there's, there's provisional elements, there's our ability to make a living and make sure we're going to be able to provide for ourselves and for our family. And, you know, the economy, we pay attention to that stuff. And, you know, this has been a tough week for the economy, right? And it's been a tough week for folks in our own church who, who've got businesses that they own that are dependent upon the economy being robust and having certain activities in it. So here's what we do. We kind of pick up our binoculars of life and we, we stare as far as we possibly can into the future to see... How far can I see provision coming my way? How long is my job secure? How much money do I have in the bank account if something goes wrong? What's my retirement fund look like? And and can I survive as a retired person? And I'm I'm looking as far as I can, and and I want to see safety as far as I can look. But that's not what we've been greeted with this week, right? I mean, the coronavirus has thrown a lot of questions into a lot of places. Um, Stock markets has changed your portfolio, certainly, and you're assuming it'll come back, but, you know, not sure. Um, entire industries are starting to feel up in the air. You know, if you're in the cruise industry or the entertainment industry, you own a restaurant, uh, places like Disney World, places that are, that are tourist-oriented. New Orleans is very tourist-oriented, and that could change quite a bit. And so those of us who are dependent upon the tourist industry, it doesn't feel safe at this point. And, and we look to the government to make us feel safe. We look to technology to make us feel safe. I mean, uh, how many of us are sitting around saying, hey, where's the cure for this thing? Where's the antibiotic? Where's the shot that I can take? Come on. Right? We, we want technology to make us feel safe and secure. And, and the government, right? We, we want the government to have already solved this thing, right? Do you, you want to know why people are so angry? I mean, I know the government's easy to get angry at anyway, but we're angry at the government because we want the government to solve this thing. We want the government to be able to fix this thing. Um, well, newsflash, the government can't fix everything. Technology can't fix everything. And so there's a vulnerability in our lives. And quite honestly, I, I think some of the reason why people are so angry at the government is because they're so scared about their own life. And listen, I don't know if you've noticed, but, but anger and, and fear are two sides of the same coin. Where anger shows up, you just flip that thing over and ask, what is it that I'm really, really afraid of right now that's driving my anger? Well, that's what's happening all around us uh, in our government and in our setting. And, and we, in this part of the world, we've got this sense that we're, we're safe, uh, we're Westerners, we're superior to everybody else, and we're civilized, right? We're part of the civilized world, and all that stuff adds up to create an environment that's supposed to be safe. But can I tell you, the Bible doesn't speak about our environment that way. 
The, the Bible doesn't tell us that this world is safe. I mean, Jesus was careful to tell us things about our world, right? Mark chapter 13, Jesus again informing his disciples about the future. He says, when you hear, not if you hear or you might hear, but when you hear of wars and rumors of wars, do not be alarmed. This must take place, but the end is not yet. So between now and the end, there's going to be things like wars and, and rumors of wars. And you know, our parents and grandparents knew something about that, who lived through World War II and lived through Vietnam War and the Korean War. But we've not lived through a lot of that, some of us. But Jesus said that's normal. That's a normal part of our world. He says nation's going to rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There will be earthquakes in various places. There will be famines. These are but the beginning of the birth pains. Right? So in the world that we live in, it's a vulnerable world. It's vulnerable to things like earthquakes and famines and, and viral infections that are going to travel throughout it. So the one thing that if we've read our Bible, we should not be in this moment is surprised. This, this American sense of safety, it's, it's, not, it's not biblical. And we thank God for the common grace that lives among us, that infections are, are rare these days, and, and they're contained, and we're able to respond to them well, and there's painkillers, and there's help of all kinds of sorts for us. But this is not a safe world that we live in. Jesus said in John chapter 16, verse 33, he says, In the world you will have tribulation. Not you might or it's possible or they're on the rare occasion, but you will have tribulation. But take heart. I have overcome the world. Right? So there is tribulation, but we're to take heart. Now, now why are we to take heart? Uh, well, it's not because we expect things are going to be easy. And, and unfortunately, some folks have mispreached the Bible in such a way that take heart, this will never happen to you. It kind of gets presented as though that's a biblical idea. You know, the Bible doesn't present that idea whether you know God or not. Jesus spoke of this world as being a place where tribulation would happen. And we take heart, not because we're going to avoid any of the tribulation, but because we've got Jesus with us in those moments of tribulation. So let me just make this point. God doesn't yoke our sense of safety and security to right here to these temporary circumstances. And, and as a matter of fact, as uncomfortable as this might sound, God doesn't want here to feel safe to us. Yes, I did say that. God doesn't want the right here and the right now to feel safe to us. That'd be misinformed. And, and it would short circuit our need to look to him. Right, so God doesn't want right here to feel safe. Right, James chapter 4 says something interesting about our future plans as we venture. Right? We pick up our binoculars and we plan the future and we feel safe about it. Well, here's what James says. Chapter 4, verse 13. He says, Come now, you who say, Today or tomorrow we will go into such and such a place, right, a town, and spend a year there. And trade and make a profit, right? Pick my binoculars up. Economy's good. I've got an idea. People are going to buy my product. I'm going to set up my restaurant here. We're going to live here. It's going to be good for as far as the eye can see. Uh, maybe not. James says, yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then 
vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or do that. Right? What, what is your life? It's an unsafe life. It's, it's the life of a mist that just appears and then circumstances and situations all around it are going to blow it in one place or another and, and then it's going to be gone. Right? That's the description of the life that we have. And, and even more so, in, in this life, you do not know what tomorrow is going to bring. Right? The Bible's not apologizing for this. This is the nature of the world that we live in. We don't know. And right, this past week has proven to us we don't know what's happening next. And this next week could be a lot of new information. Right? So life. In, as a mist, is a vulnerable life. The creature with finite insight is vulnerable to things he just can't know. You and I just can't know what's about to happen in our lives or in our world, whether it's coronavirus or something even worse. But God intended our sense of safety to come from him, not from this place. Right? So Jesus is careful to tell his disciples, listen, I know your hearts are troubled, but I need you to look to another place. I don't need you to look to this place to find your sense of safety in this world. That's not the nature of the world that you're in. John Piper said in a great chapter in his book, Don't Waste Your Life, the chapter's called Risk is Right. And it's just a great chapter if you've never read it. He says, we are not God. We don't know what will happen tomorrow. We don't know if your heart will stop before you finish reading this page. You don't know if some oncoming driver will swerve out of his lane and hit you head on in the next week. Or, this is almost prophetic, if the food at the restaurant may have some deadly virus in it. We don't know about tomorrow. One of my aims is to explode the myth of safety and to somehow deliver you from the enchantment of security. Because it's a mirage. It doesn't exist. Every direction you turn there are unknowns and things beyond your control. It is the will of God that we be uncertain about how life on this earth will turn out for us. That's a hard thing to read, isn't it? That God is into our uncertainty. That God is okay with the fact that we don't know what will happen. Because he wants our safety not to come from predictability. He wants our safety to come from a person. Right? James was telling us, if the Lord wills, our future, whatever's going to happen to us in that town, in that place, with a coronavirus on the loose or not, it is in the hands of the Lord and his will for our lives. So I, I don't need to freak out and look for the government to do exactly the right thing or to make sure that I did exactly the right things. God has a purpose that he is going to fulfill. And my life is entrusted to him, right? That's where I find my security. So there's a place for us to be aware of in this equation of letting not our hearts be troubled. There is a peace that gets described here as well. Verse 27 describes this way. Look at verse, back up to verse 25. These things I've spoken to you while I'm still with you. But the helper The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. 
My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. Right? There, there are troubling moments that need to meet this peace. It's a different kind of peace, right? Jesus said he was going to distribute a peace that was going to come from a different source, right? It wasn't going to come from good times that are predictable all around us. It wasn't going to come from everybody being healthy. It wasn't going to come from provision that we can see as far down the road as we stare through our binoculars. It wasn't going to come because we've got the ideal leaders and the ideal positions in the government who are going to make the right decisions and they're going to keep us all safe. There is a peace that's going to come from somewhere else. Right? Jesus said he would be the source of that peace. It's a peace that is a manifestation of the Holy Spirit. Right? Interesting that Jesus brings this peace in and he associates it with the coming of the Spirit in our lives. Now remember Galatians chapter 5 verse 22 that tells us about the fruit of the Spirit, right? But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, right? The, the Holy Spirit has this unique capacity to enter our lives and to become the source of of peace for us. He, he comes in and he manifests this peace in, in a mysterious way, right? I'm, I'm going to look at this verse in a second. Philippians chapter 4. Let me just pull verse 7 out and stare at it for a second. He says, The peace of God, which surpasses understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Right? I, I love that phrase because it, it's beyond you and I being able to fully explain it. There's a peace that can come to our life that, that doesn't fit into a math equation, right? And, you know, if I get right circumstances, uh, good people, uh, decent job, health, that equals peace, right? That's like a math equation that we try and fill in. But, but Jesus invades our life by the Holy Spirit and brings a peace that he just comes right out and says, you're not going to be able to understand it. You're not going to be able to slip it into a math equation. As a matter of fact, these things could all go bad and you could have equals peace. And that doesn't make any sense in that moment, right? Because something else is happening to us. Something mysterious is happening to us. The Holy Spirit is giving us a peace from the inside out. Now, I don't want to overuse this viral infection illustration, but you know I can't stay away from good illustrations. Um, all right, just think about the coronavirus, for, for the most part, it's invisible, right? Unless you've got a microscope, it, it's invisible to us. We're doing life, and suddenly we, we touch something, and, or we inhaled something, and this invisible particle got on the inside of us and started manifesting itself, and it began to bring certain feelings to us. And that manifestation felt like fever, shortness of breath, dry cough, right? This is the manifestation of the coronavirus. Well, you know, in an interesting way, the Holy Spirit comes to us in an invisible way and he comes to the inside of us and he begins to manifest himself and it feels like love and joy and peace. And the only thing you're going to be able to say is, well, I caught the virus. And you may get a peace from God in this moment. The only way you can explain it is, well, I, I caught the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is in my life, and, and, and I have a peace. I have a strange peace. Yeah, but, but look at what's happening to your business. Your business got no business right now, but I, I, I've just got a strange peace from God. But somebody in your family has been diagnosed, tested positive. Uh, well, I'm, I've just got a strange peace from God. Well, you, you're getting that from the Holy Spirit. 
Isn't it great news that God is at work way beyond your abilities or my abilities in this moment? Uh, you know, I may not be bringing my A game in the next couple of weeks, but you know, God's bringing his A game every day, all the time. Right? I appreciate John Piper's thought, a message he preached called, The Spirit Helps Us in Our Weakness. He says, be encouraged that God's work for you is not limited to what you can understand and express with words. Be glad that God is able to do exceedingly above all that you ask or think. Your thinking, especially in times of stress and groaning, like like right now, is not the limit of God's acting. And be glad that there is a peace that passes all human understanding. God is not limited by your limited mind. Right? So this is incredibly good news. That, that more powerful than the coronavirus, we have caught the, the viral spirit of God who is manifesting his nature in us and giving us peace in a moment and in a season where it doesn't make any sense that we've got it, right? That's a peace that needs to inform our trouble, right, in this hour. And, and listen, this, this peace is going to flow not just mysteriously by the spirit. There are some things that we're going to do, right? In, in Philippians chapter four, I don't know if we can pull that verse back up, uh, when you back up into that, you know, this mysterious spirit is, is touching our lives with peace by bringing some things to us, right? It says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. So, so the spirit of God's going to mysteriously give us this peace, but, but we're actually going to draw near to God in prayer. We're going to ask God for things. Our hearts are going to be filled with thanksgiving because we're aware that God's at work and he can be trusted right now. Right? Verse 8, it says, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you've learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. Right? So when the Bible speaks to us about this peace, it's a peace Jesus makes sure that it's coming to us because he's bringing it to us, not this place, not these circumstances. The Holy Spirit is manifesting this peace, but, but don't overlook that you and I are called to think a certain way, to pray, to draw near to God, to let our minds dwell on certain things. And so listen, I know it's going to be hard in the coming days to not just be tapped into the next news feed, to not be watching the local numbers. It's gone from this number to that number, and now it's in my neighborhood and somebody I know, it's going to be really easy to be trapped in that place. But the peace of God hangs out with a mind that dwells on certain things that God has said. They're excellent. They're pure. They're commendable. They're things that we need to set our minds on. All right. So one more thing. When Jesus spoke to disciples about troubled times, the last thing he highlights, and it's the most important thing, uh, is a person. Right. When you and I encounter trouble, um, that trouble needs to get introduced to a person. So I don't know if you want to do this officially, if you just like to take your trouble, sit it down in a chair and say, trouble, I'd like you to meet someone. I want to introduce you to somebody. And, and Jesus speaks into the trouble of these disciples. Right in verse 2, he says, listen, I, I go to prepare a place for you. 
I'm, I'm going to do something here. Right? And this is the key to this verse. Jesus Christ shows up and makes us aware, one, of who he is. Right? I and the Father. If you've seen him, you've seen me. So I, I'm not just somebody helping God out here. I'm God himself. And I've come to you. That's who I am. But what I've done, Jesus has done things for us that we could never do for ourselves. And he's glad to have done them. Right? So you and I can't change this place. You and I can't teleport out of here. We can't create another place. But Jesus steps into this trouble among us and he says, I go to prepare a place for you. Right? You and I can't go anywhere. Right? I'm not sure if you're thinking of it. Is there an island somewhere where the coronavirus can't go and can't find? Uh, it seems that there's nowhere to go that you can escape what's happening in our world. And, and, and it's just true in a fallen world. You and I can't go anywhere but in this fallen world. You and I can't create something else. We can't create another future. This is why I, I would want us to feel unsafe. When you start feeling safe and you start feeling like, hey, this world works. This, this, this world's cool. I can stay here. I can make this thing work. Um, that's the kind of feeling that makes you miss a savior. Right? It's when I'm convinced that I, I can't reinvent this world and I can't fix this world and I can't change my world. I'm going to need somebody else to do that for me. And Jesus steps into that trouble and he says, hey, I'm your man. I'm the one who, and I'm the only one. Right. Do you know anybody else who ever existed in, in human history who could go away from this world and prepare another place for us? But Jesus Christ did exactly that. And he, and he called it a home and he called it a place with his father. And then he turns and he says in verse 6, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And he says, because he is that, he is now the way to the father. So if there's one thing you and I need, it's not for the right vaccine to help us with the coronavirus. Although that wouldn't be a bad idea. If there's one thing we need, uh, we need the, the safety and security that comes from our father. From knowing that he's the one who's watching over every hair on our head, whether sparrows are falling to the ground or not. But Jesus said, you know, you can't get access to that father. You can't even get around that father unless I'm the way and I'm the truth and I am the life and I can give you access to the father. So, so listen, I know coronavirus has got our attention, but we have much greater need than the coronavirus. We need the safety and security from this world and all the other viruses that are perhaps coming our way in our lifetime. Uh, we need something that can only come from the father. And Jesus says, well, I'm the way to get the person Right? Our trouble needs to meet a person. And this person can take us to the Father. And then one more thought, verse 1. Jesus said, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in this person. Believe in God. Believe also in me. Right, now here's the reality. In, in an infinite number of settings and places and seasons of our lives, crisis moments... Uh, we're going to believe something. Right? We woke up this morning, uh, later this afternoon, we're going to believe something about this moment, about our future. And well, trouble needs to get introduced to the person that we're going to ultimately believe in. In this moment, ultimately, what am I going to believe? Where am I going to put my faith right now? Well, well, ultimately, 
in this season, in this chapter of the coronavirus, I want to tap into the calling that God has to put my faith in him. Not, not my faith in the government, not my faith in how long will this last. You know, if this only goes for three or four weeks and we all go back to school and our jobs, okay, I can put my faith in three-week window. Okay, I think we can survive that. What about a three-month window? Oh, what about a three-year window? Oh, right. I, I can't put my faith there. I can't be believing that. I've got to believe something else. And, and you know, quite honestly, you know, for the, for the underreactors, I'm going to get a big amen from everybody right now. Um, Quite honestly, you have had to navigate this in much worse ways than the coronavirus. I remember after Hurricane Katrina, I had the opportunity to travel a little bit and speak to some churches around the country. And and the people were so gracious and and so caring. And one after another would just kind of greet me with this sense of, oh, you guys have been through so much. This has just been horrible. How are you doing? And there was a great deal of compassion and sympathy. And, you know, I almost felt guilty in some ways when I'd speak to these guys. I'd say, hey, can I just make you aware you've been through worse in your life than what we've been through? through Hurricane Katrina. I mean, Katrina was, was, it was a difficult season for us. It was. But you guys know that, that if you've walked through, let's say, a, uh, a cancer diagnosis with a close friend or family member or you personally, you, you've walked through something much more difficult and much more threatening than the coronavirus is to you right now. If you've been through marital struggles and the person you invested your life in has seemingly turned into a different person and you're trying to figure out how to live with this person, how to not be hurt by this person, how to stay married, or you're, you're surviving a divorce and your whole world's being pulled apart, you've been through much worse than the coronavirus in your life. I mean, even down to your children, your grandchildren moving away and living in another place and you're picking up life, or some of you have been through the loss of your spouse and you built your whole life together with another person and, and suddenly this place doesn't have him or her in it any longer and, and this sense of this is not safe and, and I feel vulnerable. Right? You felt that more then than you do right now in the coronavirus. We're just all feeling it together, right? So we're sharing all this together. It's not an isolated event that just one or two people are going through. We're all going through this and all over the world we're going through. So it's kind of got a new different life and different feel to it. But at the end of the day, We're going to believe something. Let not your heart be troubled. Believe in this person, in this God. Believe also in me. Right? One last verse, John 16, verse 33. Again, Jesus says, I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. But take heart. I have overcome the world. Listen, that's the promise that, that you and I have. When Jesus is not ignoring your trouble right now. And so, and so if this is feeling dissettling to you, and maybe in the days ahead it could take on nuances that make it even more so, just remember, hold fast, that Jesus is aware of trouble. He sat with his disciples. He knew they were about to get turned upside down. And he spoke right into their trouble. And he speaks right into your trouble and my trouble right now. And he speaks in three categories of things we have to keep in mind. The place that we're in right now versus the place he's going to prepare for us. This, this is a temporary place. There's another place that's coming. There's a peace that's available to us right now. It's a supernatural peace. It comes by the Spirit. And as we draw near to God, we get to experience that. And ultimately, our trouble answers to a person. There is a person who is in our lives 
that we believe in, that we trust in, that we look to in this moment. So let me, let me close out our time uh, by maybe just having a moment just that we can, we can pray together. Um, maybe you've paused this and you come back after breakfast and now it's lunchtime. I'm not sure how you've managed the video here. This is different. So you can't do this to me on Sunday. You just have to sit through the whole long message. But you can fast forward me. You can pause me. And you, maybe you've done that along the way. But here's what I don't want you to, to do. I don't, want, I don't want to have words and I, I don't want to say anything bad about maybe somebody else, their Sunday message feels a little bit different than this. Uh, maybe it just feels like, hey, everything's going to be all right, church. Uh, well, you know, probably I'm an, I'm an under responder. Uh, so probably is going to be all right. Yeah, probably is. But we live in a fallen world. And my message to any of you is you're not safe. You're not safe. And anybody who creates this impression that this world is safe, that, that, that just works until the next news feed. It works until, well, this is kind of settled down, but then something else comes, right? I mean, I remember Ebola and wondering what that was going to be like and H1N1 and there's, there's going to be something else that comes into our world that rocks it and makes it feel unsafe. And listen, when your world starts to feel unsafe, that's not bad news. That's actually a good place because it's going to make you look for safety. And and here's the incredible offer that Jesus makes to every one of us. He says, I'm the way. I'm the way through these environments and through these places. And so I just want to call out to you, if you're in a place right now where you're maybe not even part of our church and just happen to tune into this because it was available online or maybe a friend of yours sent it to you, and and the coronavirus has awakened a sense of, of vulnerability and it just doesn't feel safe right now. Listen, I understand that and and I've got seven kids and and I'm concerned for their health and how this is going to play out and all those things too. But ultimately, in this world, this world is not a safe place. Sin has destroyed it from being a safe place. We need another place and Jesus has prepared another place for us and he wants to bring us to that place and he plans to bring us to that place. Now for right now, temporarily, we're in this place. And Jesus promises this. I'm going to walk with you to the end. I'm going to be with you. If you allow me into your life, I'm going to walk with you all the way to the end. And I'm going to bring you a peace that doesn't make sense. And the Holy Spirit's going to lead you into things and cause you to remember things. And my nearness is going to be a comfort to you as you do that. But, but ultimately... Jesus is going to take us to another place and he's prepared a place for us where there will never be a moment of insecurity. We'll never experience fear in that place. There'll be no pain, no disease, no suffering, no loss. No one's going to leave us. We're going to be forever in God's presence in an incredible place. And Jesus brings that up in this hour of trouble. Now, listen, if you're not sure about that, if you're not sure about your future, if you're living day to day right now and, and you've heard of Jesus, but, but you're just not sure that, that he's in your life. Listen, you, you can invite him into your life right now. You can take your life with, with its fears and, and with its brokenness and, and with the threatening things going on around us. And you, you can ask Jesus to take your life and he wants it. He came to this world because he wants your life. He wants you to give your life back to him. Entrust it to him. You can do that. Here's how you do it. You recognize that your life is not your own that it was given to you by God and that it belongs to him. And in any way that you've done anything wrong, that, that's offended this God. And he wants to forgive you. But the way to find forgiveness is to confess your own sin and just admit to God things that you've done wrong. And 
Believe. That's what Jesus encouraged us to do. Put your faith in Jesus Christ. Believe in God. Believe in me, Jesus says. That he'll forgive you of your sins and cleanse you from anything that comes between you and God. He'll break that wall down and he'll come be a part of your life. And you can invite him to do that right now. You can ask God to come into your life right now. Forgive your sins and give you the Holy Spirit to live inside of you. You can catch the God virus right now and let him come into your life. And walk with you through these coming days. But then more importantly, walk with you through eternity. And listen, if you'd like to do that, I'm going to pray a prayer with us right now. And if you'd like to bow your head and pray with me, uh, well, then please do that. Just, just join with me and let these words be your words if this is where you find yourself right now. Say, Lord Jesus, I am aware that my life is vulnerable. And there have been things I've experienced, and maybe even right now I'm experiencing where I don't feel safe. And, and I don't think I can fix that, but I, I, I believe you can. And I want to come to you, and I, I want to put my life in your hands. I recognize that I've been living my life my way and I know I've offended you and things that I've chosen to do and I ask for your forgiveness for having done those things. I ask you to cleanse me. I trust that because of Jesus Christ, what he came to do, to die in my place, to forgive my sins, that I can be cleansed and forgiven and restored to you and that's what I want and I'm coming and asking for that. Would you come into my life? Would you send your Holy Spirit to live in me? I want you to be in my life. And I, and I want the peace and the purpose that you have for me from this day forward. And I pray that today in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, listen, church, we are praying for you. And the elders are praying for you. I know you're praying for one another. And, and we're going to follow up with some, some meetings and some opportunities that, that we have to, to serve our community. You know, I remember there was a moment when the people of God went into a foreign land. And they were in exile. And, and there was a lot there that was full of uncertainty and questions and, and needs that were there. And, and God told his people to dwell in the land and do good. Right, and I, I want to encourage us in that. And we're going to talk more about that this week as we meet with the elders and the pastors. And perhaps you've got some good ideas. Our community is about to have a lot of need all around us. This is the land God's given us to live in for this temporary time. This, this is not our home, uh, but we are part of this community. And we want to find ways to dwell in the land and do good. So there's going to be people in your life that we can be praying for. And you can let them know we're praying for them. And we want to alert the prayer team. You guys are going to be on call. So, you know, get your beepers out and your buzzers going. We need you to be praying because there's going to be needs all around us of people that are going to have health needs, uh, folks that are health providers are going to need our prayers as they, they face caring for our community. Some folks are perhaps going to be out of work for a season. Uh, these are going to be folks that we have the opportunity to dwell in the land with them and to do good. So Lakeview Christian Center, can you be praying about how we can serve your neighbors and your relatives and your friends? You guys did an incredible job with this when Katrina hit. And, and what an amazing demonstration of the love of God went out into our community through your lives. So we're going to have another chance to do that. We're going to follow with more opportunities 
uh, this week as we meet. Pray for us. We are praying for you. If you need something, the church office is open. You can contact us electronically. You can call the church office. You can still get a meeting with a pastor, an elder if you need that. Uh, Please let us know how we can be praying for you. Please let us know if there's a need that you have right now that we can help to meet in some way. Listen, we love you. So missed getting to be in the same room with you, but, but thanks for inviting me into your living room or into your car while you were riding or wherever it was that you were as we shared this time together. Um, looking forward to all that God has in this unique season. Amen.